know I'd probably sound like a, a broken record to you guys, but I just love I just love our worship. I love the time that we can worship the Lord together. It's just it's amazing. It's wonderful. And um, you know, as as we were as we were singing those songs and worshiping the Lord together, the one thing that, that just kind of you know came to my mind was that the word of God informs our worship. Um, we, we wouldn't have the words to, to these songs that we sing without the Word of God. You realize that? And, and it's just so, it's so wonderful, really, to be able to sing, because when we're singing, we're really singing the message of what we're reading in the Word of God. And when we're singing about, like, what we just sang about, about heaven, you know, we're singing about heaven because of what we've been informed by the word about heaven. And I just love to think about how one of these days, you know, it isn't going to be uh, standing in, in a sanctuary uh, singing like this. It's going to be standing around the throne. And, and maybe... Maybe not standing, right? Maybe on our faces, but just singing our hearts out to the Lord. Amen. That's it's just it's wonderful. It's just a wonderful thought, and I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I, you know, it, sometimes we don't say that we're excited about going to heaven because it means we're going to die. But uh, I'm excited about being in heaven. I hope you are too. I'm excited about being in heaven. You know, and it's either going to happen. With me dying and leaving this planet, or it's going to happen when Jesus comes back. I, one, one way or the other, I'm excited about being in heaven and singing his praises. So that's, that's just, it's exciting to, to sing and worship together. Amen. Praise God. Um, yeah, thanks for, the, uh, thanks for the applause, you know, with Next Steps. We, we appreciate that, all of us that were in Next Steps. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and, and I thought about inviting each one from Next Steps to come up here with me and just share very specifically what they learned. And No, I'm not going to do that. I'm just kidding, you guys. I would not do that. I would not do that. But I say that to say this. One of the great things about Next Steps is that you, you go through a, a time of uh, taking a, 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 a gifts inventory. And it helps you to see where your gifts are. And it helps you to know where you can plug in, you know, to the church and, and serve the Lord here in the church. And so, you know, if you haven't done that, I would encourage you to do it because it really is valuable. And it's something that, uh, that's valuable for, like, how you can know where you're going to fit in or plug in or, you know, be able to use your gifts at the, the best that you possibly can. But then also there's a connection that you make in Next Steps where you get to sit around and, get to know each other and connect with one another, and it's, it's really good. So if you haven't been through Next Steps, uh, please do that. And uh, for those of you who do not want to be on stage and that's just not you, Next Steps will say, yeah, that's not you. And, and so you'll never be prodded or prompted to, uh, to be up here against your will or anything like that. Um, but if it is you, you'll have maybe the opportunity to be up here on you know, the worship team or, you know, different ways that uh, people uh, appear up here on stage and lead in worship. And so 
Uh, it's really great. So I encourage you to do that. Want to uh, kind of dive in today, but before I do that, I just want to kind of like let you know that uh, if you're if you're wondering uh, about Doug and Susan, uh, Doug's not sick again. Okay, uh, just want to make sure you all know that Doug is not sick again. Doug and Susan took their uh, yearly vacation, uh, so they're down in Florida, and uh, we're hoping and praying that they'll have a, a great time and be refreshed and renewed. And especially Doug will get you know rest that he needs and. Uh, They'll just come back to us healthy and revived and ready to roll. Um, the other thing is I just want to uh, welcome again the online folks and just say it's uh, great for you to join us today. And uh, I handed out, we handed out a, uh, a sermon notes, uh, you know, some kind of a sermon handout today to all of those who are here. But you can also get that on the digital bulletin. And so um, for those who would rather have it that way, you can have it that way. And for those online, uh, you can make sure you bring that up. Um, because on that digital bulletin, you'll see the scripture references that are going to be used today. And uh, that's always nice to have those. So just uh, want to welcome everybody and especially any guests. And just let you know that uh, and you'll hear this at the end of the service as well. That after the service, we'd love for you to join us um, my, my wife and I back in the Give Us 10, uh, and we'd love to talk to you and get to know you and kind of let you know about the church, but we're really excited to have you with us today, all right? All right. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and these questions, you know, a lot of times when I start with the questions, you guys know, I, I don't really expect you to like holler out answers or anything like that, but they're questions to think about, questions to consider, and so I want to ask uh, uh, some questions to start today. Uh, how much do you read the Bible? Again, you don't have to yell that out, all right? Don't have to, like, give that uh, away. You know, maybe some of you would not want to say how much you read the Bible, but uh, how much do you read the Bible? When you read it, when you read it, is it enlightening? Okay. How much do you read it? When you read it, is it enlightening? Uh, why should the Bible matter to us? Okay. Uh, does it give you direction for your life? Does it give you direction for how you're living, what you're doing, you know, how you're expressing your life? And this last one, do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy it? Uh, it should not be drudgery to read your Bible, right? Do you enjoy it? I think that's a, a good question. So I want to start out with some scriptures today, and uh, as, I, as I do, I'm going to ask if you'll stand with me as we read some of these scriptures. Uh, this is a collection of scriptures uh, from the book of Psalm, Psalm 119. Test your Bible knowledge right now, real quick. What's Psalm 119 kind of known for? Longest book in the Bible. It's so many verses in Psalm 119. So if any of you said, I have memorized Psalm 119, I would bring you up on stage. We would give you a medal this morning. It's Psalm 119. It's a collection of uh, some verses from Psalm 119 uh, and, and some, from some different versions, okay? So it's kind of a, a mix of versions. And uh, what we're going to be reading is Psalm 119, verse 89, 97, 103 through 105, uh, 110 through 112 and 114, 
And then at the end, we're going to read Jeremiah 15, 16, okay, from different versions, all right? Let's, uh, let's look at this together. It says, Lord, your word is forever. It is firmly fixed in heaven. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. How sweet your word is to my taste, sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The wicked have set their traps for me, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. I am resolved to obey your statutes to the very end. You are my shelter and my shield. I put my hope in your word. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord, God of heaven's armies. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Why such passion for, for, this, for this book? Why such passion for this book that we, uh, that we, people call it the Bible, people call it the Holy Scriptures, some may call it the sword of the Spirit, the sword of, of truth, right? Why such passion for this book? As a church, we place great importance on the Bible, as we should. Uh, I want to read to you uh, from our church bylaws. These are from our church bylaws, first church bylaws uh, from Article 2. I want to read some of this. It says, uh, this church accepts the Bible as the revealed word of God, the all-sufficient rule of faith and practice, and for the purpose of maintaining general unity of statements of faith. Now, so, so what does that say? That, that we are actually... Using the word of God to, um, to maintain unity in faith. I, I think that's significant because what, to me that what that said is, uh, that says, well, uh, I think that it's okay to do such and such. Okay? And Brian says, well, I think it's okay to do such and such and it's not the same thing. And so what do we do? Well, then we go to the word of God and the Word of God brings us together. Because then the Word of God actually tells us if such and such is okay or not. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah? I, I think that, that that makes a lot of sense. And so the, the Word of God is used for our unity. It's used to bring us together in our faith. So uh, when we have a, a, an issue of uh, whether we can agree on something... Best thing for us to do is to go to the Word of God. Go to the Word of God. See what the Word of God says. Let's go to the Word of God. Could anybody fault a church, a church, to say, hey, if we don't agree, let's go to the Word of God and figure out what the Word of God says about it? It makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? That's, that's the way it should be. I think that's the way it should be. And, I, and the bylaws state that. The bylaws say that. Uh, a little bit later on in the bylaws, under um, a heading, the scriptures inspired. Uh, it says the scriptures, both Old and New Testament, are the inspired revelation of God to man and the authority 
of faith and conduct. I like that. And then uh, later on in the bylaws, it says, uh, the holy scriptures upon which the church has been founded and anchored. Uh, that's really good, isn't it? That's really good. I, I love that because when I, when I think about the church, uh, there's a couple of different thoughts that come to my mind. Uh, probably one of our initial thoughts is right here, right? Right here, right now, the church, first church, right? And you say, well, so uh, you could say that. You could say uh, uh, the Holy Scriptures upon which uh, first church, it says this church, first church, has been founded and anchored. So from the very beginnings of this church, which we didn't start out here on Northeast Avenue, right? Some of you ones have been here for a while, right? <laughs> we didn't start out here, but where we started out, we started out founded and anchored on the Word of God, right? But it goes back even further than that, right? It goes back even further than that. And so when you go back a little bit further than that and you talk about the uh, Church of God Reformation Movement, okay, Church of God Reformation Movement, there's this uh, statement that we have from the uh, Church of God Reformation Movement, and this is what it says. Um, God is revealed generally in the created order and in the human conscience. This living God, however, has spoken especially to us in the conventional story of the whole of Scripture and definitively in Jesus Christ. Do we have another one? Next slide. Yeah. We believe in, treasure, and cherish the Bible as the written word of God. And hold that the 66 books of the Protestant biblical canon constitute the Holy Scriptures. We believe that both the Old and New Testaments are necessary for understanding God's revelation in Scripture. Both of which are to be interpreted in light of the revelation given to us in Jesus Christ. The Bible is inspired by God and is fully authoritative and sufficient for Christian life and practice. We further believe that the Bible is historically reliable and that its message is faithfully preserved in the textual tradition. We rejoice that the biblical gospel is the good news of God's love to our world. Amen? Amen. So you, you think about that and you say, well, okay, so... We, you know, we've established and, and we've said in our bylaws that, that it's the Word of God. We're founded and anchored, okay? Uh, when we go back to the uh, Church of God Reformation movement, which is what we're a part of, and we see what they've said about it, we know that the Word of God has been said to be authoritative and, and inspired and, and it's truly God's Word. And then when you go back 2,000 years, and you start looking at the early church, you'll see that the early church was established on the scriptures. It was established in the, the word, in the scriptures. And so the church history tells us that the church has always been based on the word of God because they believed it was the message from God. The reason that we stand on the Bible is uh, so strongly is because we believe 
that it is the inspired word of God. So um, it's interesting because we, we have a, uh, a couple men's meetings that, that go on through the week. Uh, one of them's on Saturday morning, one of them's on Wednesday night. Uh, the one on Wednesday night, um, we just went through a Francis Chan uh, study. And some of you know who that is, Francis Chan. He's really a dynamic uh, speaker, leader in the church. And uh, in, in those videos, it was, it was a, a series called Jesus' Farewell Message. And it was about uh, John chapters 14 through 17 and, and what Jesus was saying in those chapters. And it was interesting because in those videos, uh, Chan, Francis Chan, uh, he, kept, he kept gripping his Bible like... like he just, he, those of you who know Francis Chan, you, you, you can see him doing this, okay? He just kept gripping his Bible and he was just saying, you know, that with passion, these are Jesus' words. These are Jesus' words. And he would say, when you sit down with this, when you sit down with this and you're reading the words of Jesus himself, you're reading the words that Jesus said. You're reading the words that Jesus wanted us to hear. And, and Chan implored us, uh, he, he implored us to realize how amazing it is that we have the word of God at our fingertips. We have the word of God that we can open up every day and look at it and read it and take it in and understand that he's saying something to us. And he's giving us a message that we need to, we need to grasp a hold of. We need to take it in. We need, just like the scriptures that we started out with, we need to take it in like it's, it's as sweet as honey. We need to eat it up. <laughs> we need to take it in and eat it up and, and apply it to our life and make sure that we're living what these words say because these are God's words. Right? Amen. I, I mean, sometimes I, I, I think, what are we missing? What are we missing? Because sometimes this book sits on a, a, a coffee table. We, we still have coffee tables. <laughs> I don't know. Some of you do, some of you don't. But it sits on coffee tables. It collects dust. It just collects dust. And you pick it up. <laughs> you know? Or it sits in the back windshield of your car. I'll, I'll leave it in the car because then I'll always have it on Sunday morning. <laughs> right? I, I, I thought about doing a little Bible trivia this morning, but I, 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 I nixed that from my notes, all right? Nixed that from my notes. The Bible matters. That was one of the questions I started with. You know, why does the Bible matter? The Bible matters not because, not because of uh, gold edges on the pages. Not, not because of a, a pretty ribbon that we use to mark, you know, where, we, where we're reading. Not because many times we put our name on the cover or we write it inside the inside cover. You know, the Bible matters, and the reason that it matters is because its source 
is God. Its source is God. And so it matters because, you know, this is the one in whom we are uh, believing in, trusting in, and want to be with for all of eternity. And so doesn't it make sense then that we should wonder and know and be excited and anxious to know what he says, to, to know what he's telling us? There's a, another scripture, and this, this scripture is probably um, the most used when I'm talking about a subject such as this, uh, and it's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And it says in these scriptures, Paul writing to Timothy, he says to Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God. Okay, I'll say that, I'll say that again. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. And, and, and I, love this, I love the 17th verse because it says, so that... So that, okay? So what he just said, now he's saying, so that the man of God, woman of God, the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This, this, is, this is so important because it equips us. It, it helps us to be ready to do what God wants us to do, Right? Right? Uh, okay. You're with me this morning? All right. Stand up and do some jumping jacks. Okay. So inspired by God, what does that mean? Inspired by God. It, it's, it's, it's interesting because in the Old Testament, uh, many times in the Old Testament, uh, when the prophets would speak, and, and you will know this if you've, if you've read much in the Old Testament, when the prophets would speak in the Old Testament, they would say, thus saith the Lord. Right? Thus saith the Lord. Now that's King James. Okay. I grew up on King James because I went to a Christian school. And so that's, it's always in my head. It's always in my head. When I start quoting scripture, what comes out is King James. Okay. Um, but I, you know, you guys know I don't use King James. So. Uh, this is how it says it in the CSB. We're going to look at Isaiah, just a couple examples, but it's really all through the Old Testament. Isaiah 44, 2. Uh, this is the word of the Lord your maker, okay? Thus saith the Lord, in other words. This is the word of the Lord your maker, the one who formed you from the womb. He will help you. Do not fear, Jacob, my servant. Uh, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. Go to the sixth verse. This is what the Lord, the King of Israel and its Redeemer, the Lord of armies, says. Thus saith the Lord. I am the first and I am the last. There is no God but me. Okay, so when we, when we look at the Old Testament, we see that in the Old Testament, those who were uh, prophets of the Lord, whenever they would speak, they would be getting that message from God. And whenever they would speak, they would let the people that they, know, that they were speaking to know, thus saith the Lord, this is what God is saying. This is what God told me to tell you. 
words directly from the Lord. Now, what's interesting, and this isn't really, uh, this is kind of a whole different topic and subject, um, but if you, when you go into the New Testament and you see Jesus speaking, now we don't see Jesus saying, thus saith the Lord. Now we see Jesus saying, verily, verily, I say unto thee. There's that King James coming out again. But Jesus said, listen, I'm going to tell you what God wants you to hear because I'm God. <laughs> and so it's, it's interesting when we see that in Scripture. Now, that's kind of what we see in the Old Testament. When we go to the New Testament, we go to 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. It says, above all, you know this, no prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation. Because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke, excuse me, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Okay? So now the, in the New Testament, we're being told that, that all of these times in which the, uh, the prophets spoke, all of these times in which the New Testament writers were speaking, they were speaking, yes, they were speaking in their, their own voice. They were speaking in their own way of writing, but they were speaking the very message of God, the, the very words that God wanted the people to hear. And so that is significant because this indicates that even though we see the writer's personality and their own literary style of, of writing, uh, it, it, really in each book that they, they, they composed, make no mistake about it, the content of what we have on the pages of the Bible is not the writer's own interpretation of what they thought God was saying. It was God's message communicated through them. One of the clear examples of this is found in the Gospels. Have you noticed the Gospels differ? As you read each one of the Gospels, they differ. They're different. And some people who are skeptical have taken that and say, they don't even say the same thing. Okay? But it's interesting because what I just said is true. God allowed their personality, their literary style, and who they were writing to, to be different, but gave the same message through and through. So Matthew, writing to a Jewish audience, emphasizes Jesus' fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy, proving that he was the long-awaited Messiah. Mark writes a fast-paced, condensed account recording Jesus' miraculous deeds and not recording his long discourses. Luke portrays Jesus as the remedy for the world's ills, emphasizing his perfect humanity and humane concern for the weak, the suffering, and the outcast. John emphasizes Jesus' deity by selecting many conversations and sayings of Jesus on the subject and also providing signs that prove that he is the Son of God. And so you see that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all different, but they're all being used in their uniqueness in the same way to give the same message 
of, of God. Now, now, what's interesting is I listened to a, a guy on a podcast. His name is Jay Warner Wallace. Uh, he does a podcast called, uh, called Cold Case Christianity. And he is a cold case detective from Los Angeles. And, uh, and he said that when he was uh, doing current cases in Los Angeles, when he was on the current cases, that uh, he'd get a call in the middle of the night. And middle of the night, he'd get a call and, say, and somebody would say, hey, uh, there's been a murder. Uh, it's been, you know, it's out here on, you know, they get a street name. And, and he said he would always have one request, separate all the witnesses. If there's any eyewitnesses, separate all the witnesses. Because he wanted to hear each one's account of what they saw in their own words. He didn't want them to come all together and tell the same exact story. Why? Yeah, he didn't want the collaboration. And he actually could get a fuller picture if he heard everybody's different point of view. And he says, that is exactly what we have with the Gospels. We have different points of view sharing the same thing, but from a, a different way, a different way of saying it. And so when we put them all together, what do we have? We have this really full, wonderful, deep picture of Jesus and his life. So it's really beautiful. It's not something to get skeptical about. It's something to be thankful about, actually. So I, I, I love that. So the, the source wasn't really Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The source was God. Human beings uh, wrote the Bible using their own vocabulary and in light of their specific cultural setting. But the entire process was overseen by God. Therefore, God is the ultimate author of Scripture, though he has used human instruments in the process. Now, there's a, a LifeWay study that I wanted to bring to you today because what I said earlier, that many times that the Bibles are laying on coffee tables or in stands or in cars collecting dust, LifeWay did a study. And this is some of what LifeWay came up with, huh? whether you can see that very well. But how often do you read the Bible? And this was, this was uh, a question posed to uh, Protestant believers who go to church. Okay? 32% said every day. 27% said a few times a week. 12% said once a week. 11% said a few times a month. 5% said once a month. And 12% said... Rarely or never. Now, I don't know about you, church, but church, we can't be strong and we can't be the powerful body of Christ that we need to be unless we're all reading our, our Bibles. We got to get into the Word. The Word has to become part of our life, everyday living. All right? Here's, a, here's another thing that they came up with in LifeWay. Uh, same study identifies Bible engagement as one of the eight signposts that consistently show up in the lives of growing Christians. So in other words, if you're a growing Christian, you're reading your Bible. 
And chances are, if you're not reading your Bible, you're not a growing Christian. And we need to be growing Christians. <laughs> we need to be people who are uh, disciples of Christ, followers of Christ, really digging in and, and, and wanting to grow and doing what we can to grow in Christ. Amen? One more thing from LifeWay. In a 2016 study of church-going Protestant parents, LifeWay research found regular Bible reading as a child was the biggest factor in predicting the spiritual health of young adults. Think it's important? We know how important it is to read the Bible, but by and large, we're failing to do it. Church, I implore you today, I implore you today to read God's word. Soak it into your heart and mind. Allow it to become your guide in this life. Give it authority uh, in the questions of culture. <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> Give it authority in the questions of culture. Because we're all wondering in culture, what should we believe on this? What should we do about this? Give the Bible the authority in the questions of culture. Because here's what I know. This is what I know. The Bible is where we get our instruction on how to live life which is pleasing to God. It is where we find pristine instruction on how to treat others. Right? Where, where does the golden rule come from? The world doesn't know. But it's from, the, it's from the Bible, right? It's from the Word of God. And, and the Word of God is where we can know the mind of Christ. It's where we can find God's demand for us to be forgiving persons, right? I mean, when we read uh, through the, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, isn't one of the things that we will forgive those that trespass against us? And it's in other places in the Word. It is where we are instructed to hunger and thirst for righteousness in the Beatitudes. It is where we know how Jesus was born, how he lived, what he taught, how he died, why he died, how he rose, and the instructions he gave us before he went back to heaven. We know how to be his follower through this book. We know what to do, we know what not to do, we know how to follow his example, we know how to be a disciple, and we have it all right there in the word of God. Let us not keep from digging into it. It's vital for our life in Christ. So as I wrap up this morning, I thought, God, you know, what, what do you want me to accomplish with this today? You know, because this is different. This is a little different than, than what I normally do. And God, what do you want me to accomplish with this today? And, and I was listening and I was trying to hear what he wanted me to accomplish with this today. God said, I just want my people to read their word more. <laughs> and so... That's what I implore you to do. I implore you to, to make a commitment today to, hey, I'm going to read 
I'm going to read the Bible more. I'm going to make a time for it. I'm going to, I'm going to set up a time in my, in my day for it. I'm going to make sure that I read the word of God each and every day. Because that's how we'll know him better. And that's how we'll be closer to him. And that's how we'll grow spiritually. We've got to read our word. That's what he told me. I'll close with this. And I, I just... Um, some of you have maybe uh, seen and know that my dad and my stepmom are here today, and um, and I honor them. They they, they both mean a lot to me. Um, my dad, for obvious reasons, but uh, I don't think probably any of you know this except my family right here. Uh, my stepmom was my Sunday school teacher when I was a teenager. Yeah, don't ask her any questions. <laughs> but I wanted to say this as I wrap up, and I, and I hope I don't embarrass my dad by saying this, but, uh, but it's just the truth and it's from my heart. I watched my dad all through my life read his Bible. I mean, all the time. Read his Bible, faithful. Read his Bible all the time. Always reading his Bible. And uh, it was a great example for me. Tremendous example for me. And I remember not too long ago, as, as um, he's gotten older, his eyes have gotten bad. And uh, he hasn't been able to, to read. And uh, he stopped driving. You know what, most people would be more upset that they can't drive anymore. But what my dad said to me all the time, since his eyes got bad, is that I'm just frustrated I can't read my Bible anymore. Now, I asked the question, the last question I asked when we started was, do you enjoy it? Do you love it? So I could get up here and I could implore you, read the Bible, read it every day. But I also want to say, if that seems like a burden, that seems like a hassle to you, then begin to pray that God will put it in your heart, a love for his word. Because if that's there, then you'll just go to it every day because you don't want to miss it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Will you stand with me and pray for you? Lord God, I uh, come to you at the conclusion of this service. and God, I just thank you for... Thank you for this group of people. Thank you for our church. Thank you, Lord, for their love for each other. I thank you for their faith. Lord, I just want to ask right now that you will help us all, every single one of us that's in this room here together and those who are 
in the other rooms, our kids and, and, and all the workers as well. I just want to pray that everybody in this building will have a hunger and thirst for your word. That, Lord, your word will be something that they'll treasure. They'll treasure it in their heart. They'll want it in their life. They'll run to it every day. Every day, the reading of your word and the, the taking it in and, and allowing it to penetrate their heart and mind, every day that'll mean, that'll mean the world to them. And, and they'll do that, Lord, with just a, a great expectation of what you're going to say to them and how you're going to teach them and how you're going to show them things. Lord, what's true is that many times exactly what we read in your word is exactly what we need for our day. That's just how you do it. That's, that's, you do that all the time. And I just want to pray and ask that you'll do that in each one that is here today. And there will be a growing and growing and growing hunger and thirst for your word. And that as, as, they, as each one picks up your word and reads it, they'll enjoy it. It'll be something that'll thrill their heart. Maybe sometimes convict their, their heart. But whatever it does, that they'll embrace that and know that it's just for them. You had that word just for them that day. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to talk about your word. Now do something special in our hearts and lives, we pray.